Good afternoon, loved ones. I love saying that, loved ones. That's who you are, you know. And um, I wanted to uh, actually just the way we're starting now is um, not the way we planned, but we just we want to be a people that follows the Spirit. And um, especially on this day, and I, I loved we had a, an eldest time upstairs and. Um, Sonji, you can play a little bit louder. Put yourself a little bit louder. Thank you. Um, Dion mentioned a verse that I think was so spot on. What I feel like God wants to do today. And he was speaking out of Romans 8, verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. And Dion said, there's no area of our lives that the Spirit of God doesn't want to touch today. There's no area in our lives that the Spirit of God doesn't want to heal today, restore today, renew today, raise up today. You know, there's a, I have a friend that wrote a little chorus years ago saying, the cross is always ready. Always waiting there for you. And, um, and so I have faith today to see the Lord touching areas in your life in such a powerful, powerful way. And the way I want to start today is, is quite different. And I want you to be patient with me. And the worship team, can, can, they can take their places because we'll go into worship after this. Um, what I felt like doing is, I was prepping, I said to Jacques, um, I was prepping for today, asked me to share on the heart of the Father for, for us in giving, the giving of His Son and all these things. And it got quite theological in the week, you know. The, he's giving us newness of life, expiation, you know, the removal of sin and the removal of God's wrath and all these things. And this afternoon I was sitting with them. Um, with why do you want me to share? And I felt the Lord leading me to simply reading portions of Scripture out of the Gospel of John. Just simply let the Word speak for the Word itself. But today I felt like in worship, God wants us to roar with faith. I feel like there needs to be something violent in our praise. Something so extravagant that heaven can't resist it, you know? And, and leading up to that, what I want to do is read to you the whole chapter 19 in the Gospel of John, the whole chapter 20, and touch on chapter 3 slightly. <laughs> so we're going to do some reading today, and then we're going to go into worship. We just, I just came back from Gateng now for two weeks, and I said to the team upstairs when we were praying as elders, I so missed my family, Sons and I, this, you. We so miss this. It's awesome to go and, and walk out of the gift that God's given you, but you're constantly reminded of the beauty of family, a place where you can just breathe and be yourself and people that you love and see weekly. It's a beautiful gift, this family that God has given. And I remember just ministering at the Gauteng Equip and and uh, I, had a, I had something else prepared for, for the Saturday morning that I, I had to share. 
And um, as I woke up Saturday morning, I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, I want you to simply, not even teach, just talk about Jesus. Not the why, not the how, just talk about Him. And then I felt the Spirit of the Lord saying to me, right at the end, just read Scripture that reveals Him. Like what Jesus did on the road to Emmaus to the two that were coming from the, you know, and their hearts were downcast, and he just started breaking open the scripture pertaining him. And as they listened to the word that revealed Jesus, it says their hearts burned within them. And so I was reading scripture, and I came to Revelation 5, and I read the whole Revelation 5, you know. John weeping, is there anyone worthy? And one of the elders taps him on the shoulder, says, John, don't weep. There is one. This one worthy. John, behold the lion. And John turns, wipes the tears from his eyes, and he sees a lamb. See if it had been slain, standing in the midst of the throne. And then suddenly, when John sees him, the, the text turns into this majestic, I almost want to say psalm of praise. You can almost hear the roar of heaven as they worship the one seated on the throne. From every angle that surrounds him, praise comes forth to him who overcome death and the grave. And so I want to read to us the story because it's just awesome to, to be immersed in the story of our king coming into his last days. And oh man, last week I just... I was, I was stuck in the scripture where Jesus is praying in the garden. I mean, this thing is about to happen now. He feels it in the spirit. And he, he goes alone, takes some of his disciples with him, keeps them on his side, and he prays. And that's where he prays. Matthew 26, he prays. He says, Father, is it possible for this cup to pass? You know, he asked that three times that night. You know what Jesus was doing? He said, Father, I'm just making sure. Is there no other way? And the anguish that gripped him. And it wasn't the, an anguish for nails or a crown of thorns. The anguish was that he had to become the sin that kills us. And then the cross, and I was reading this, and it wounded me. It actually wounded me in worship. It was Sunday morning. Nowhere, nowhere do you ever read him complaining about the pain of the nails in the hands, the feet, the crown of thorns. The whip. You never hear him say a word. And the prophet Isaiah prophesied like a lamb led to the slaughter, making no sound. But then when the deepest pain that the cross could bring hit him, he speaks for the first time, I thirst. And the deepest pain that the cross could bring was separation. When Jesus was saying, I thirst, it wasn't him saying, I need to take a drink. When Jesus was saying, I thirst, in that very moment, 
He was you on that cross. Thirsting for God. Alienated, separated. Father, why have you forsaken me? The deepest, the nails wasn't the pain. It was what he had to overcome. And I want to read to us that, and then we're going to go into, into worship. And I have to put my glasses on because suddenly when you hit 45, I don't know, you can't see anymore that well. Will you guys read with me? Are you okay if we journey into Scripture slightly? And I want you to read this with devotion. Read it with passion. Read it as if you've never read it before. And let these verses not be something on the board. Let these verses climb into you. Let it wound you afresh. Let it stir up passion and love and zeal for Him. The Gospel of John, chapter 19. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! And Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. For I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greatest sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at the place called the stone pavement. And in Aramaic, Kabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? 
the chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscript. For the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments, divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. After this, knowing that all was now finished, he said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus has received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I want to pause there for a little bit. So whenever the high priest would go into the holy place once a year to make atonement for the sins of the nation, he will take the blood of a spotless lamb, put it on a hyssop branch, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. And now we read the soldiers taking a hyssop branch, dipping it in sour wine and putting it to his mouth. And as I read that a while ago, I felt the Spirit of the Lord saying to me, this would be the last time a hyssop branch will touch the mercy seat. This would be the last time. Verse 31. Since it was the day of preparation, and so the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, the Jews asked Pilate that the legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. 
But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. And at once there came out blood and water. And just pause there for a second. Blood and water. With the blood, he's purchasing his bride. And with the water, he's purifying, cleansing, and consecrating her to himself. It's the blood that's purchasing her. And it's the water that's purifying her for him. Verse 35. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth. That you also may believe. For these things took place. That the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again another scripture says. They will look on him. Whom they have pierced. After these things. Joseph of Arimathea. Who was a disciple of Jesus. But secretly. For fear of the Jews. Asked Pilate. That he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices as the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in a garden a new tomb in which no one yet had been laid. So because of the Jews, day of preparation, since the tombs, tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Chapter 20. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. I love how John does this. She ran to Peter. And then he doesn't say, and to me. <laughs> she ran to Peter and to the one whom Jesus loved. Notice that later on, Peter would, would highlight the fact that he was faster than, John would say he's faster than Peter. You'll see. But you know what I love about that? I don't think that was ignorance or arrogance. John's gospel is the last. There's something of his identity so deeply woven into that. That it's not John. John is not who I am. I am the one whom he loves. That's who I am. That's my definition. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. And we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple. And they were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter. <laughs> and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there. But he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head 
not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tube first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the, the disciples went back to their home. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and she wept. She stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head, one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus spoke, and he said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be a gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. You know what I love about this? She didn't recognize him. But when he said a name, he said a name so many times. Mary. When she heard a name, she knew. Mary. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But I love this. But go to my brothers. Something has changed. Go to my brothers, not go to my followers. Go to my servants, not go to my friends. Go to my brothers. Something has changed. And say to them, I'm ascending to my, listen, I am ascending to my Father and now yours. I am ascending to my Father and now yours, Mary. To my God and now yours, Mary. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And that he said these things to her. On the evening of the day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and he sighed. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here 
and see my hands. Put your, out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe, Thomas. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? And listen to this. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. And now I want us to jump to a couple of short verses in John 3. Now seeing all has taken place, crucified is risen. Listen to these words of John. Verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. And here it comes. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life life beloved listen to this our good gospel starts with this great message for God so loved isn't he worthy isn't he lovely isn't he beautiful is he not deserving of the highest praise. On this day, the disciples, 2,000 years, was the first day of the week, the Sunday, an evening like this, they were sitting in a room and he came and appeared. Touch my wounds. I have risen. And I've risen for you. I've risen for you. Just for a moment, close your eyes. I just want you to take it in. All of it. 